morning, good morning. We were just uh, having a conversation about coffee. Who loves to have a coffee in the morning? Like I absolutely look forward to my coffee in the morning. So I hope whatever you're doing at this hour in the morning, you are enjoying that too. So we are talking about the leader, the book Leaders Eat Last. We are, can you believe it, on chapter 20. And uh, yesterday in chapter 19, we talked a lot about integrity. And today we're going to take, integrity is part of this, I believe, but we're talking today about friends matter. And um, I'm sure you will see as the, uh, as the chapter develops, it wasn't exactly what I was expecting when we were reading it last night, but I hope today I can bring it to you in a way that it makes sense to you. So we all know that when we work with people that we know well, it can be fun. Um, when we work with friends, we make allowances for their individuality. We know where they're coming from. And if we don't like something they're saying or, or preparing, we can challenge them and feel safe and secure in that environment. And uh, I'm reminded of um, something that's going on in my house at the moment. My husband, Alan, is a runner and uh, he has a lot of running friends and they're all geeks. Like I have to tell you, they're all like, you know, their brains are too big for their bodies, I think. But anyway, they're all geeky people. And, um, you know, you get all types together. And one of the guys in the group, he's younger, than, quite a lot younger than Alan, but he's really grumpy. And when, he, um, when he's with them, you know, sometimes he's on good form and that's why they, they accept him because he's actually a really good runner. He's probably the best runner of the lot. Um, and when he's on form, he's really good, but most of the time he's grumpy. So they're trying to plan a trip to go down into the US somewhere. And so they, they basically, they're trying to plan this trip. And, you know, there's a little bit of adversity because some of the, the people are saying, oh, I don't want to go if he's going. And anyway, so Alan is being the the sort of leader of the pack, if you like. And why I'm telling you this story is because even though they know that he's grumpy, he, he's a good runner. He challenges them. They make allowances for, for them. And when things don't, don't go so well, they just, oh, it's just Guillaume. He's just like that, right? And so um, it works because they're friends because they know each other, because they make allowances. And I've had many experiences in my life where the importance of knowing more about the person that you're working with than just what you see in a normal day, today environment, has served me well. And when I joined Boots Pharmaceuticals back in ancient times, 1984, I joined as part of their graduate program. And what was great about this program was every eight weeks or so, the people in the program from right across the company, and it was a huge company, like thousands of employees, um, the people in the program attended a graduate two-day training. 
And this graduate two-day training happened for um, the first year that we were in the business. So at the graduate training, there were people from all different disciplines. So I was from the manufacturing, there were people from development, there were people from marketing, from finance, from personnel, and we were all thrown together in a group to, to work together. And during the two days that we were together, we always had a project that we had to complete. We were put into mini groups where we had to um, work together. And believe me, there were some very strong personalities in, in this group of people. Um, but what was great about it was there were no work hours. So we basically started, but we finished late because we'd each lunch together and then we'd have dinner together. And, you know, having meals with people is a really, really good way to build relationships because everybody eats. It's a common ground and it's like everybody's barriers come down when you're eating. And so we had fun. And I mean, there were people there that I like found really, really difficult, but we ate together, we had fun together and we worked together and we came up with solutions. You know, they would give us real life problems that were happening in the business at the time. And I'm not sure if they ever used any of our solutions, but um, we were working on problems together. And you know, this was a fantastic program. And unfortunately, not many of these programs exist now. But what it did, it didn't just uh, give us a couple of days out. It got us used to working with people across disciplines. And all of the people that they recruited, obviously, they wanted to develop them in their business. The idea being that as you go up through the echelons of the business, you're going to come across these people and how much easier it is to work on problems together when you know that that person hates anchovies or, you know, you know that that person has two kids or you have built a relationship up over the years. So imagine an environment where friendships are actively discouraged, where the only important thing is what side you're on. Extreme examples of this are wars. You're encouraged not to think of the other side as people, but as the enemy. But even enemies can work together um, if they choose to understand each other and have facts and find common interests. And as soon as I wrote that, I was reminded of the famous soccer match that took place between the trenches in World War One between the English and the Germans on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day, they were able to stop seeing each other as enemies and see each other as individuals, as people with a common interest. If only we could capture that in our society so that we work together and we don't view each other as enemies. They had a common interest and they had fun and they you know, were able to accept the other side.
The current parliament system in the USA actively discourages friendships. They are given no time to develop them. They are encouraged only to support the party. The environment is one of distrust and the environment has no integrity. It is confrontational rather than collaborative. collaborative collaboration is seen as a weakness. How long do you think the country will thrive when the only thing a politician thinks about is getting re-elected and beating his opponent? The more combative the politicians become, the more polarized the people become and harmony becomes disruptive. Joe Biden, whether or not he's a good president, I have no idea because it's not clear. He has no way to achieve anything he wants to achieve. He is totally um, tied up in a system which doesn't allow good ideas to come out. The only thing that is allowed to come out is who wins. When Senator McCain had been alive, he, as with Joe Biden, was from the old school of American politicians. Biden and McCain were friends. They were on total polar opposite ideas of how the country should be run, but they were both able to cross the floor on occasions because they understood and respected the views on the other side. This doesn't happen now. There's probably one politician that we hear about regularly from the US who is controversial in the eyes of her leaders. And, and that is Liz Cheney. And you know, her life in politics is gonna come to an end very soon because she's not towing the company line. Although she wants to be uh, able to listen to everybody and to collaborate, that is not gonna happen. American um, politicians used to listen to each other and respect each other, but now they are forced to tow the party line. They have no time, they don't even have time to get to know the other side. They live in their own constituencies, they spend two days in Washington, and 50% of their time is spent fundraising to raise money to re-elect themselves. How can they be focused on the needs of their constituents? It leads to no collaboration and just conflict. The, the obsession with fundraising and getting re-elected has become more important than anything else they do as a politician. This, in my opinion, is a huge flaw in their system. It is why Donald Trump, a man with no integrity, can be voted as their leader. They're just looking for a performer. They're looking for somebody who can help them get re-elected and someone who can rally the people. I mean, Hitler did that. And, and you know, I, I say to myself, what do we want from our um, leaders? And, you know, the sad thing is that every single American politician has so much money riding on whether they win or not 
they can quite easily lose sight of why they're there. As far as I know, not many other countries operate on this system. I've lived in three countries. I've lived in England, I've lived in Australia, and now in Canada. And I'm thankful to say that none of the politicians there are obsessed with fundraising for their campaigns. That is why those politicians in those countries have time to get to know their opposition. They have time to understand them. They have time to stand with them when there's a problem. That's why Boris Johnson got uh, booted out because the politicians in England, they, they had the courage to be able to stand with the opposition to say enough is enough. In our MLM, we are encouraged to work together. That may seem quite strange as we are all self-employed. We are all going after the same people. We are all wanting to get sales with the same people. And we're seeking the same customers. We're seeking the same individuals to join our teams. You would think it would create a lot of conflict, but no. It's hard to be in conflict with someone when you spend time with them, albeit on Zoom at the moment. But you hear about their families, you hear about their lives, you know their stories. Maybe it is the same in all MLMs. I, I can't mention that, but I do know that when I was part of an MLM in uh, Australia where we were selling books, it was still more of a collaborative rather than combative environment. It allows you to uh, take the best ideas and try them. And at the Leidiamo, we are actively encouraged to socialize too, not often. I mean, Maria reminds us uh, often that, you know, we're working with people. We're not spending time with them because they're our friends. They're our friends because we work with them. And so uh, uh, that, that means that when you're working with people and you're working through problems and you're coming up with ideas, you respect other people's opinion. You give other people a voice. So I believe that when you work in a collaborative environment, a collective decision-making environment, it makes you stronger. I don't understand why politicians don't get this. I don't understand why leaders of big companies don't get this. Friends matter. You need to know your people to grow your business. It is time, in my opinion, to bring the importance of connections back into business management programs. So to give you a, a little more uh, structure in uh, what all this means, I'm going to hand over to my good friend, Marie-Pierre. Thank you, Marie. And just before I start, I want to make sure that everyone shared the podcast this morning. So if you haven't shared, that's the time to do it. So if you are on the Facebook Live, please share everywhere you can think of. <laughs> and always add a, a comment with your, uh, when you share so people will know why they should listen to the podcast every morning. And on Podbean, it gives you hearts every time you 
share the podcast. So at the end of the month, when we do the draw, the more hearts you have, the more chance you have in the draw for the conditioning program. So let's start with this part. So we really understand with Melanie that it's really important to spend time outside of work to build this relationship. But we have to remember, just like she said, yes, they are friends because we work together. <laughs> so it's like a, a different kind of a relationship that we have. So it's really healthy to meet and spend time together outside of the business context as we are more inclined to see people as human beings and develop deeper friendship. When we never meet or speak with our opponents, we also tend to demonize our opponents. So I think empathy and actually getting to know someone you disagree with are things that aren't valued as much as they should be. So it is easy to be less empathetic with, uh, with someone we disagree with. It talks about cooperation versus fighting. So sometimes it is easy to not uh, put as much effort into a relationship or maybe completely close someone out, uh, whether it be personally or professionally, if we disagree with them. So instead of working together, we work to protect ourselves or our own idea. So there is something about getting together out of context uh, that makes us more open uh, to getting to know someone. So whether we're bonding with colleagues uh, with whom we play on the company softball team, out to go for a lunch or on a business trip with someone we don't know well, when the responsibilities of our job are not forcing us to work together, when our competing interests are put aside for a while, we seem to be quite open to seeing other others as people rather than co-worker or competitor. So it makes me remember when we cover the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People with the chapter four, The Win-Win. We were reading last night and all I can think of is, oh, it's really a win-win. We have to think a win-win. <laughs> so when you think win-win, it isn't about being nice or it's not a quick fix technique. It is a character-based code for human interaction and collaboration. So most of us learn to base our self-worth on comparison and competition. So we think about succeeding in terms of someone else failing. So if I win, you lose, or if you win, I lose. So life becomes a zero-sum game. There is only so much pie to go around. And if you get a big piece, there is less for me. It's not fair. And I'm going to make sure that you don't get any more. So yes, we all play that game, but it's not that really fun. So win-win sees life as a cooperative arena, not a competitive one. So win-win is a frame of mind and heart that constantly seek mutual benefit in all human interaction. So win-win means agreement or solution that are mutually beneficial and satisfying. So we both get to eat the pie and it tastes pretty good. So to go for the win-win, you not only have to be empathic, but you also have to be confident. So you not only have to be considerate and sensitive, you also have to be brave. So that balance between courage and consideration is the essence of a real maturity and is the fundamental to win-win. Because many people think in terms of either or or, so either you are nice or you're tough, but win-win requires that you are both. So it's a balancing act between the courage and consideration. And there's three vital character traits that are essential in this paradigm of win-win. 
Integrity? Oh, so Melanie said yes. I think integrity is a big part of that. Absolutely. If you want to go for a win-win, you need integrity. So sticking to your true feeling, value, and commitment. Number two, it's maturity. So expressing your idea and feeling with courage and consideration for the idea and feelings of others. And number three is the abundance mentality. So believing there is plenty for everyone. So if you remember the other kind of paradigm that we can have about human interaction. So yes, there's win, there's win-lose, there's lose-win, there's lose-lose, there's win-win or no deal. And the one that we want, win-win. And what is wrong with a simple win or a win-lose? So win, it's people working in a win paradigm wish to win at all costs. So other people don't matter. It's an every man for himself mentality. The win-lose mentality is dysfunctional because it's overly competitive and requires the use of power, position, possession, or personality to get one's way. So maybe your boss uses his authority to impose a potentially stressful deadline on you. And after that, lose-lose or a lose-win. So lose-win, it's people that will prefer to keep peace by giving in are giving up rather than disturbing the relationship. Lose-lose is the philosophy of highly dependent people and result from the encounter of two win-lose individuals. So in the case of a divorce in which the husband ordered by the judge to sell his asset and turn over half of his earning to his ex-wife, in compliance, he will sell his car worth $10,000 for $50 to give only $25 to his ex-wife. So you understand the lose-lose mentality. <laughs> so, and win-win or no deal will occur in other situations. So it's the case where a few mutually beneficial situation can be reached, then both parties agree to disagree and both walk away with no hard feeling. This is typically a realistic option at the beginning of a relationship or an enterprise. So why is the win-win is the ideal solution? So it's when two people, two proactive mission-focused and organized people meet, effectiveness can be increased far beyond what we can achieve alone. And win-win is a, is a synergistic situation where both parties can mutually benefit. So win-win takes a certain amount of investment to favor its occurrence. But the first step is to recognize what the status of our human interaction is at a given time. We must not only ask ourselves what we want, but also what the other party wants from a given situation, bearing in mind that it's okay to walk away if a common agreement is not found, but the best is to get a new way of thinking with the win-win paradigm. So I hope it gives you a little bit the idea of what we cover in the past in the seven habits of highly effective people. I know that for me, when we read yesterday, the friends matter. It's really something that I remember that if you want to go for a win-win, one way to make sure that you can achieve this win-win is to have a relationship with those people that you want to work with, even though maybe you don't have the same point of view. Just because you have a relationship, you can uh, make sure that you respect the other person and you can listen to the other person. So I hope it can give you a, a little bit more idea of how you can work with that.
And uh, I think, Marie-Pierre, one of the things that uh, struck me as I was uh, preparing this uh, this morning was that um, it seems so obvious, doesn't it? It seems so obvious that if you know people, that you can be willing to work with them. And, you know, I am extremely grateful to work in an environment and, uh, you know, I was talking about this yesterday as well, that when you work in an environment where you can trust people, that you, you know, people around you have integrity and you know that the, 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 that we're always looking at the best interest of the whole and not of the individual, it, it just makes so much sense. And I guess what I'm struggling with at the moment is why don't the leaders of countries see that? Why don't, you know, how is it that Russia is at war with Ukraine in 2022? I mean, we have the philosophies of why we need to understand everybody. And uh, one of the things that we did touch on when we were reading last night was that whenever there is a situation where you need to have peace talks, peace talks need to be in an environment that's neutral, in an environment that's friendly, and preferably over a meal, because that is the way that you start to break down barriers. So um, as Marie-Pierre says, hopefully we've given you a little insight into why friends matter. So I wish you all a fantastic weekend and uh, whatever you're going to do, um, have a great time and we'll see you next week. Bye for now.